0: Jason, just try a little tenderness. Try a little tenderness. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, What's up, everybody? Welcome to a... Well, yeah, we've done Friday afternoons before. It's been a little while, but we've done some Friday afternoons. We have. Uh,
1: We've been here So
0: thanks for joining us uh, to kick off your holiday weekend with some comic book talk. Uh, Brand new episode of Granny's Peach Tea, episode 118. And, you know, opening up some Otis Redding, try a little tenderness. And if you saw Secret Invasion this week, you know exactly why. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to jump into it and talk about some stuff we got. We got a season finale of Superman and Lois. We got the series finale of Gotham Knights. Woo! Yes, we do. This is a yes, celebratory we episode, my friend. Uh,
1: Oh, it's so is
0: second episode of Secret Invasion, which has got a lot of people talking here because we got some stuff going on down there in the MCU. And well our movie of the week is Stan Lee, the documentary that uh, debuted it was actually two weeks to today on Disney Plus, but yeah, we had some other bigger movies that came out that we needed to address first, so you know, right here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I think the Flash took priority over Stan Lee. I think uh, what what else did Transformers we cover? I mean, Rise Transformers. of the Beast Yeah yep. Yeah no.
0: no offense to Stanley but I mean No 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 not at all. <laughs> so uh, But Yeah But with me as always is Jason Jason What's up Man How's it going Good to be here uh, As you guys can
1: see I'm using I have to use my phone today uh, For some like I, for those of you who know me in real life you know that I am cursed with technology It never works properly for me. My PS4 never worked properly, and no one else had an issue with it. So I wake up today. I, I come in to log in today, and the laptop that I do the show from is just inexplicably broken. Like the screen is looks like some. It, it looks it's a pattern like someone took a hammer to it, though there's no crack in it because I didn't actually do anything to it. So, uh, you know, here I am on my phone. But Ed said it actually looks better, so maybe I'll switch to my phone from now on.
0: I'm gonna be honest. I, I think I think you, you look good today, man. it's, it's it is very clear. Well, you, uh, and, and, you have a, your phone's probably newer than your laptop,
1: no? Uh, you know, know what it is? It's the, my internet sucks in my apartment. Okay. That's what it is. And it, and uh, and I do it in the, the living room, or the, the bedroom, rather. Okay. And because we have, like, pre-war concrete walls, which is, you know, great when I don't hear my neighbors, but it really does keep out the signal. So, uh, I actually, I'm noticing we don't even have our usual delay, so maybe I will just start doing it from the phone.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was a blessing in the skies, briefly. You know, at least for, regarding this part of it.
1: Yeah, yeah this, this this one and only part.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's this, literally this one and only part. Hey, I'm trying to go with some silver linings, man. That's, I
1: appreciate that. I appreciate I, I'm that. trying.
0: I'm trying. I'm <laughs> not saying it's working, but I'm just trying. Um, but, yeah, we, we've got some, some stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to go a little bit off the usual path to start the show. Uh, but before we do start that, yeah. <clears throat> We um, During the broadcast, make sure you get uh, to support us. You can send us some stars. It's a digital gift that helps us earn money for Pop Culture Pro. So, yeah, come hang out on this Friday afternoon, and let's, let's talk some stuff. Um, oh,
1: hi, viewers. You should give us some stars. <laughs> Listen, Jason, you just
0: keep your stupid comments in your pocket, right? <laughs> you mean the pocket of me underwears? <laughs> me, under, me underwears. Um. All right, so you follow us on social media, you know, you're aware there was a... The room celebration was on Tuesday night, and me and Jason joined Tim and spiritually joined Rick and <laughs> Florida, who got some his boys to cancel a fishing trip because they heard it. he was going to see the room.
1: Um, that's a very Rick story, right? Of there. course it
0: is. Of course it is. Yeah, if you know Rick, that's that's right up his alley. He was... Apparently, some buddies of his were trying to get him to go on a fishing trip that night, and he was like, dude, dude I'm going to go see the worst movie ever made." And one of them was like, "The Room," and he was like, "Yeah." And then they stopped the fishing and they went to see The Room with him. Which, by the way, Rick has mentioned previously that the big, some of the big movies he goes to see on the preview night there there's a pretty scarce crowd. Oh, okay. It was like ninety percent, ninety five percent sold out for The Room. Shit, man. Florida, man. Florida. Yeah.
1: No, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> um, Tommy Wiseau needs to keep making money off of this movie. It's
0: true. And, and our theater was was kind of scarce. But the people who were there were, were into it. I, I'll I say that. I got to say, I love the
1: fact that we sat next to a young couple seeing it for the first time. I felt like a state elder. I'm like, oh, oh, this is your first time seeing it at all. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, and they were asking questions like, what's the spoons? I'm like, gather around, children. Let me tell you of the spoon story.
0: <laughs> yeah, I dropped the ball. I meant to bring, like, some plastic spoons to the theater. I was going to surprise Jason uh, with it. We didn't know. Tim actually surprised us. Yeah. Because he was supposed to go with us and then wasn't going with us and then just appeared in the theater. Um, I want them to bring some spoons to throw during the movie. but.
1: Next time, it'll come around again.
0: Next time, because we've all agreed that there will absolutely be a next time. Hundred percent.
1: Look, I told you guys this wasn't even my first time seeing it in the theater. I love, I unabashedly love this movie.
0: <laughs> no, and 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 you should, and I think honestly, I'm right there with you now.
1: It's, just, I'm, I'm it's with you. On this. It's so much fun. Like, and, and this is this is my take on it. Uh, and I told you this uh, while we were watching it. I don't think the movie doesn't make sense. I think on whatever planet Tommy Wiseau comes from, this movie is a hard-hitting fucking drama for his people. We just don't understand it because it's not of our world. It's an alien artifact.
0: Yeah, if you're unfamiliar with The Room, The, the Room is a... Uh, say it. it was a movie released in 2003 with all intentions by a gentleman named Tommy Wiseau to make a dramatic film yes and there's a lot of weird stuff behind the scenes of how he funded it and a lot of odd stuff that people don't know about this guy but see the disaster artist for that Mm -hmm. one that way you can see that it's documented there there's a book called the disaster artist which jason had read and really good all the info in there but as far as the film itself goes if you don't have the comedic sense to understand something that's it's so bad it's good, then this is not for you.
1: Yes, agreed.
0: Yeah, it's not for you. You're going to think this is just a horrible movie and you're going to be like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I wasting my time with this? And you're probably going to get angry. But if you're like myself and Jason and <laughs> Tim and Rick and apparently a decent amount of other people, I mean, Jader's not there is. Jade is not with us this afternoon, but I guarantee you, he seems to be a guy who would get the idea. So oh. like Don yeah. also, like I kind of yep. feel like our pop culture pros group, most of us would kind of get the joke here. You know what?
1: You know what? I'm going to propose something. Boss Man. if you ever actually watch these episodes, uh, if you no, ever watch he them does. live. Okay, so here, like at some point in the future, we need to do a PCP viewing party live of the room. We got to make that happen.
0: Wow. That would be, it would be pretty epic.
1: Right? Like would, the, the two be. of us, Farachi, yeah. Tim, uh, we, get, we'll get Ginny, uh, yeah. Jader, I'm sure he'll be in on it, <laughs> Don, like,
0: we'll get everyone together and watch this. It's, I, I will say, I, I've seen some comedies in my time, and I, I laugh a lot during movies. Uh, not as much as Burr, because Burr is like the king of <laughs> laughter and <laughs> theater. um theater. But I don't think I've laughed this hard in a movie theater since like *Tropic Thunder*. Yeah, I could see that. All right, and that was two thousand eight for those un- unaware. And I and again, I've seen many great comedies and I've laughed my ass off at times, but this was just nonstop. This was just nonstop comedic genius. Yeah, inadvertent comedic <laughs> genius.
1: <laughs> it's my favorite part about the movie is the just non sequiturs like even emotional non sequiturs like and this is of course the most famous part but, but there are tons of it in the movie like you know she's lying i did not hit her never i never hit her oh hi mark it's like the <laughs> yeah. emotion is gone
0: <laughs> it's just it, it's like they someone someone they wrote the script there may or may not have been pauses and regular written in english here and then someone was just reading, they were just reading it off the paper. They just decided to get rid of all of that and just start reading things off the paper. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, it's kind of like they were just reading the lines with no context whatsoever, and that's and what,
1: it. What makes it worse is Tommy Wiseau was reading his own lines. He fucking yes. wrote this.
0: <laughs> Yes. And he also tried to, we learned in the disaster artist, that he tried to be an actor. Like, he was trying this, and oh yeah, yeah, this was all lost on him. Um, yeah, there, there's, yeah, there's the, you know, you're tearing me apart, Lisa, and like all of that. And His Brando
1: moment. You
0: know. Yeah. Um, like you what said, is- I, I did not hit her. I did not. I did not. This is all yeah. bullshit. <laughs> oh, hi, Mom. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, hi, Doggy. That's, that's another one of my favorites.
0: Right oh, the listen, the, the flower shop scene. <laughs> when he walks in and she doesn't recognize him because he has sunglasses. Oh, Tommy, I didn't know it was you. Oh, Tommy, my
1: favorite customer. I didn't know it was you.
0: How many fucking people walk into that flower shop that look like Tommy Wiseau?
1: Yeah, look, I don't care. I don't care if Tommy Wiseau was wearing a fucking bag over his head. I could spot that motherfucker a mile away in real life. All right.
0: course. Of course. <laughs> And and honestly, the, the one that resonated with me and I that well the two lines that stuck with me this time was I thought I've been thinking about this movie since we watched it. Okay. Um, more 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 than usual. It was the keep your keep your stupid comments in your pocket. That was a good was one. like I remember the first time I saw that on a train, and I was like, I had to rewind it. I'm like, did he just fucking do that? And and the underwears.
1: The underwears, yep. The,
0: the underwear. Like he goes to he, he him and he, he's he's telling him about this deep thing that big huge problem that he has. And it was a scene that we just saw a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. About like he's in they're in his apartment
1: and apparently Johnny gave people the keys so they can come and fuck in his apartment.
0: There are more people that walk in and out of this apartment than Jerry Seinfeld's apartment. <laughs> Seriously. With no question about it. <laughs> So yeah, his friend takes some girl in there and he, I love how he's describing it as make out. I yeah, we'll make out with her. We were just yeah. making out, you know, and that was it. Which obviously you can clearly see something else is insinuated in that in that scene. And then the mother walks in and he took his, his clothes were all over the place and then She finds his underwear and he gets really embarrassed, I guess, because it's sticking out of his pocket.
1: It's, yeah, yeah.
0: But why is he talking like a pirate? Me underwears. (laughs) Who finds his face like that? No one. Absolutely
1: no one. Me underwears. Uh, Speaking of the mother, speaking of the mother, she definitely has the most bizarre moment of the whole movie.
0: Yeah. Where, that's a big um, that's a big statement and i th- agree with no, that's
1: that's a huge statement because this, this movie is just bizarre moments but when she's like she's talking with her daughter and she's just like uh, oh, well i'm dying no you're not mother it's not that bad no i am i just got to- done talking
0: to the doctor it's definitely breast cancer and lisa's like Oh, they're hearing that all the time. It's not a big deal. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. And then it <laughs> sprung up again. <laughs> it's, it's <pretty> <laughs> oh man. And the football. Did Tommy Wiseau Look. see people watching football one time and was like, this is how people play football? And they just kind of like throw the ball back and forth to each other, and that's it. And they laugh and have a jolly old time.
1: I think on Tommy Wiseau's home planet the way men bond and speak is to take uh, what is traditionally called the speaking ball uh, and you yes. go out with your friends in important times and you throw it around so you can unload your emotional baggage, right? I think that's how it works <laughs> on his planet.
0: <laughs> it's possible. And I, and I I'm going to, when we wrap this segment up in a couple of minutes, I'm going to ask <laughs> a big question about Tommy Wiseau that's going to tie into our narrative of the show so it will it will okay. make sense at some point. I'm like okay. This will make sense at some point. <laughs> um, man, what what else went there? Um, oh, Tim's favorite line. I actually completely forgot about too. Which one? is In this? a minute, bitch. Oh yeah, <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's. I don't even want to. I, I almost feel like I don't want to spoil the end of this movie. For anyone who actually might want to consider watching this. And I yeah. highly encourage you to watch it. If, oh, no. If you have the sense of humor.
1: Yeah, if you like bad movies and you have not seen this, go see it right now. Um, I, I think my favorite part, not my, one of my favorite parts, is the, like, the weird, the, the weird sex scene that happens twice. Yes. Like we, you got to talk about the weird sex scene that My rose, happens. my
0: rose, yeah. My rose. Oh
1: God, it's it. Did it, <laughs> you see Tommy boy's ass? And it looks like he's, it looks like he's penetrating her belly button,
0: like the way their bodies are lined up. So you, 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 and Tim keep saying belly button. I'm thinking more rib cage. Like he's that off. I think he's oh, that wow.
1: off. You think he's like it's a rib cage? Wow. Yeah, yeah I think yeah.
0: she's gone I think he's, he's going after a rib cage at some point. I mean, it, put, put it this way, it's. He, it's just way off, man. No wonder why yeah. she gets so upset with him and starts going after her his best friend.
1: But also, she is so mustache twirling. Like, this is like the one of the most misogynistic movies I've ever seen. Like, like, she is, there is no depth to her character. It is, I'm with Johnny. I've been with him a long time. He's a good provider doesn't excite me sexually, so I'm going to ruin his life. It's like, wh- what? Like, she gets him drunk. Like, hey, we're going to have a good time. We're going to party. We're going to fuck each other. And she gets him drunk and then starts telling everyone he, start- he beat her. It's like, that's evil.
0: No, she is one of the most evil characters in cinematic history. <laughs> yes, I asked him if she's worse than Jer- Jenny Gump. Uh, he,
1: I mean, he must have said yes, right?
0: No, no, he did. He did say yes. <laughs> you okay. agreed with that. Because uh, he's always states that Jenny Gump and I usually go to, um, shit, Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator.
1: Oh, um, Commodus!
0: Uh, Commodus—that's who I keep going to because I have never been more angry at a character in my life than Commodus. When I finish watch, every time I watch Gladiator, I fucking despise him. I really, really oh yeah, hate he's him. terrible. Which means that Walking Phoenix is awesome. He's doing his job.
1: Oh, well, Joaquin Phoenix always brings it.
0: Yeah, he, he's you know You know
1: what the irony of it... The irony of Commodus is, because he actually... That, that was a real Roman ruler and was really just as bad as they say he was in that. The irony of him is he was the son of one of Rome's, like, considered best rulers. So, like, com- really ironic how that worked out.
0: Sometimes the apple does fall very far from the tree, I guess.
1: Exactly.
0: exactly. <laughs> um... <laughs> trying to think of anything else with the room any kind of any others I mean there's just there's so much yeah what is way if you if I challenge you to watch this movie and try to just if you haven't seen it watch it for the but the first time you watch it you should be watching it to try to attempt to follow the narrative and comprehend the dialogue just so you can gather the insanity that is really there is that would yeah, you say it's, it's, fair
1: I think that yeah, yeah, you have to like, you have to watch it twice. The first time you got because you're gonna try, even though I'll tell you, don't try to make sense of it. Don't try to wrap your head around it. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You're going to try the first time. You can't help it, and it's only through accepting after that first watch that there is no doing it. Then you watch it the second time, and then it's really gonna be funny.
0: That's how I think it would happen with me because this was only the second time I've watched the movie. At all, and this is the first time it's in entirety. Like I actually sat down one time and read the whole thing, and I think that's why it hit me so much. Even it was so much funnier the second time.
1: Yeah, because because you know what to expect. You're not yeah. looking for any sense. You know, there's no sense. N- yeah. None of this stuff makes sense, and it and that's kind of part of the fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. So as we wrap this part up, though, I guess uh... Tim and Rick may be lost in the Phantom Zone, so we're gonna have to yeah, keep moving. Right. That's fine. Um, is Tommy Wiseau a scroll? Oh yeah. Maybe there's a oh, chance yeah. that there was a real Tommy Wiseau, who was actually a cinematic genius, who this guy <laughs> took him over. A scroll took him over, and this is what he made the movie. I, you know
1: what? I like that. I like that theory a lot. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I like that theory. Although, there doesn't even have to have ever been a real Tommy Wiseau because that man's history is shrouded in mystery. Like yeah, People no, don't I even think, know where he came they, from.
0: Well, I think there may have been a person that was like a billionaire playboy phil- philanthropist and everything, <laughs> and the scroll took him over and became Tommy Wiseau.
1: I could see that I think that okay. makes perfect sense. Okay. <laughs> Fair
0: enough. All
1: right. And I've met the man, so I can attest to it. He, I, I had It was scroll energy.
0: There was definitely a little scroll energy going on there. All right. So. Let's return to our regularly scheduled program then, since we we deviated a bit for the opening no, re- segment. No regrets. No, none at all. I think this was great. We needed this platform to talk about this movie because I think we were both scraping at the door to talk I about the movie at the door. for days. You for years. Yeah, for actually. years.
1: <laughs> so, Look, this um, is one of the movies, along with Troll Two, that periodically I just force the friends in my life to watch with me.
0: <laughs> I, I I told you off air. I think when whenever you find a spot, you should do a section of deep dive that is strictly these types of movies. I
1: I think I'm going to. I think that's uh, the room. I think, uh, yeah,
0: Troll Two. I, I I keep on advocating for Samurai Cop, <laughs> Samurai which Cop is on Pluto, tomorrow? which is on Pluto TV by the way, which I didn't know that the entire movie oh, was on there.
1: That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I do Samurai Cop, uh, the Toxic Avenger, the Puppet Master. Any yeah. full moon fever, you just throw a dart at the full moon catalog and then <laughs> yeah. That's great. Doll Demonic Toys.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. Wow, oh, these these are some I feel like this is like Burr's VHS collection. We were I'll nice <laughs> <for> hit <that. laughs> Burr will be the special guest. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, so let's get to it. We got uh Gotham Knights <clears throat> episode 13. Series finale, Jason.
1: It's, it's over, over guys. We survived. It's over. It's over. Um, highlights, and I'm not going to spend much time on this because it's over, guys. I've I've survived it. Highlights. Um, uh, Duella's mother sold her out. Um, sold her out for the money. Go figure. Uh, right before Duella was, uh, and I, I, I'll, I'll give it this: Duella had a nice moment. I, you know, I, I like that actress. I like the actors in this, um, but. Uh, so Duella's mother sells her out just as she's about to go back and, you know, save the Gotham Knights who have now uh, are in prison. They've been arrested, um, which I like. That's a nice callback to when she tried to ditch them and they came back for her. But she's not, she's not given the opportunity because her mother drugs her, sells her out. Um, she gets She's in with Harvey Dent uh, in this room because he's also been abducted. Uh, the, um, the head of the court of owls is trying to get him to join her. Uh, he convinces the duello. that he's going to be her, save her and be her dad. And they're going to have a wonderful, loving family, but she's got to help her let, let evil Harvey out. And she does. And I, I thought this was a cool scene. Like, you know, he kind of tries to play that woman. Oh, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. Nah, fuck you. I'm going to stab you in the back. Cause really I'm looking out for Harvey. Because that that is what alters do. So I'll give it I'll give it credit for this. It really is doing right by the did like what alters are supposed to do, right? Um, and the, that that of course leads to the acid splash in the face. I actually thought it looked pretty good afterward. I'm not going to complain about that. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. I mean that's the highlights. I mean the Gotham Knights are doing Gotham Knight shit. You know. I mean. I don't know. Is, is there anything you want to highlight?
0: I will say something though. I don't think this was a boring episode, at least to judge no. the episode on its own. It was not a boring it, episode. It's it wasn't a,
1: good. It was an okay episode. It was it yeah, was probably it was, one of the best we've covered.
0: Yeah, and I will say that Um we got a pretty good two-face. To tell you the truth. Yeah. I mean it sucks that he'll never face a Batman and he's done, it's over with with him. But the best thing that this show did. Batman-related or any or actually anything related was Harvey Dent, Two Face. I think he's yeah. by far the standout in, in the series.
1: I, I agree. I texted you as I was watching it. I was actually watching his performance in particular when I texted you. I was like, you know, really the thing that's shit about this is the concept and and the writing because the actors. I think the actors are killing it with what they have, and him in particular. I, I agree. He is the standout. Like. I would love – I'd actually kind of love to see him get a shot at a Two-Face in something that matters because he looked good and the acting was there.
0: Yeah, if there was a way to pluck him and put him into something else, sure. I would like to see him, again, face a Batman or something like that, but we're never getting that. No, 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 no. Um, Plus, this is Dead on a Rifle. I mean, that's it. This show was doomed before it even Yeah, and again, I, and just to
1: go back to it, not to beat a dead horse, but it's it, it was the concept. It never stood a chance because in a we're in a, a we there is so much superhero fatigue, which we've talked about on the show, and you know to then add this nothing show to an already saturated market. It's like of course, who's going to watch this? Like, why? Like, if I wanted something superhero-y, I could actually go and watch someone fight crime that
0: I've heard of. Yeah, and I think that was also the we, – we talked about this before, and, and it was one of the damnedest things that this show had and was going up against is that you didn't have recognizable characters at all. If you had that and this whole thing plays out the same way, I think maybe we would have seen it a little bit differently. Like, there was it would have been that um, – Oh, wait, there was actually something, that, though, before the series in the whole, before we finished the, in you know, yeah. obituary for Gotham Knights. In the episode, when they were, when they got some stuff from the GCPD lockup that was supposedly from the Batcave, they did have Nightwing's batons. Oh, right, okay. One of the guys was using Nightwing's batons. It looked like it was a Robin retractable stick. Yeah, it well, w- would be we're... nice to
1: have those characters yeah. in this.
0: Sure. If they would have given us what I thought we were getting when they first announced the show, which was similar to the game that you uh, were playing, or still playing, then, shit, you may have gotten a season two one way or the other, even if it wasn't written that great. At least people would have cared. Yeah, and that's the
1: thing, too, and I think a lot of people who, like myself, who I wasn't really keeping up with it, but you tell me a show called Gotham Knights is coming out. Gotham Knights is a fucking known property, they're very, it's, it's the Bat family, and then you give me no one. It's like, why did you call this Gotham Knights? I mean, I think they made it worse on
0: themselves. Yeah. Oh, and damn it, I'm sorry. And another thing with the episode, too. What were your thoughts on the twist The twist that we got regarding Taylor's parents being uh, Ducard? They worked for Ducard, and they were, I guess, <sighs> they didn't use the word League of Assassins or League of Shadows, whichever version they want to call it. But you know, because it seems like that that keeps going back and forth. That was the big twist.
1: Yeah, I, and he was wow. going to go
0: train with them.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. That was stupid. Sorry, that was really stupid.
0: Yeah, that
1: didn't do anything for me either. I mean, um, and and like, isn't Ducard the guy like in the comic book? Because in the in the movie, it's Liam Neeson's like alias, but yeah. in the comic, isn't Ducard the in fact the the investigator that Bruce Wayne studies under?
0: Uh, yes. And that's how, yeah, I I don't know. So
1: why is he like a fucking League of Assassins? Because the people who wrote this movie only saw the Christian Bale movies?
0: I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, they clearly did because they do use inspiration from Heath Ledger's Joker and from the Mm -hmm. Dark Knight trilogy here and there, peppered throughout it, that ultimately go nowhere.
1: It just makes me want to watch a more superior Batman film.
0: Yes, so you'll be tuning into the Dark Knight at some point, <laughs> or any? No, not any. I mean, there are plenty of good Batman films to watch that are yes. not. Nice. Um, well, that's it. We, we've we've paid our penance. We've done our time. Gotham Knights, <sighs> the TV series, is no more. Jason, we have we have survived. Yes,
1: we have survived. Cheers. Cheers.
0: <laughs> All right. That moves. That allows us to move on to Superman and Lois, season three, episode thirteen. Yeah, it does season finale, not the series season finale. Goes as we mentioned last week, did get picked up for a season four, which we will see how that goes because they're like cutting budgets and stuff like that. But for this, I I mean, again, wraps up another spectacular season of the show. <coughs> spectacular season finale. And it ends on a fucking massive cliffhanger, which we've yeah. gotten a couple of times lately. Massive cliffhangers in general across yep. movies and and everything else. Um, love is in the air big time in this because this uh, episode picks up 32 days after the previous episode. So Lex is on the – you know, Lex hasn't been heard from. He's out there, at least according to the characters, we find out what he was been up to for the past month, which was pretty nuts. Um, Someone was trying to call me. (laughs) Um, uh, Kyle and Chrissy are pregnant, and they get engaged. That's what we find out about about them, because we don't know how much we're going to be seeing them next season. We're supposedly going to be weaving them in and out uh, sporadically. Uh, Lana and John Henry Irons finally hook up. Which yes, we've been do. calling for a while, and Jason, they bend the knee. <laughs> yeah, they, they they get it on all right, and it, it happens in a bar, and he changes his shirt. And I actually like the joke that's thrown in there because the other shirt that he changes into, uh, someone mentions it looks very 1991 Wesley Snipes.
1: Yes, which I thought was hysterical.
0: Yeah, I thought that was pretty great. Um, and then General Lane gets a date on that app that that, that Jordan, was crazy yeah that George so did you see that coming right away or did you actually think they were going to actually give Jordan uh general lane like a happy season wrap up
1: um at some point i kind of figured like when when she when when there was at some point i don't remember maybe it was when she was like oh let's let's go outside or something i was like wait a minute is she trying to get him like Away from from them, like there was something she did that kind of tipped me off. But at first, I was like, "Oh, that's cool. He's got a girlfriend."
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, it turns out that yeah, she she works with Lex Luthor and is basically gets drugged in an alley and pretty yeah. much yeah. using yeah. things. Lex is this Lex Luthor is extremely diabolical and was slowly hatching his plan over a month. And, Lois kept uh, producing uh, content.
1: And what I love about it is it's this isn't about Superman. Like, yes. he's removing pieces of the chess pieces off the board so he could get it Lois. Like, he... It, like, so what he... Like, him trying to get Superman is nothing to do with Superman. And I kind of really like that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to... I got This Paul is trying to get through I, I guess it's...
1: No, so like, so he kidnaps, uh, he kidnaps the her dad. He kidnaps Lois's dad, and uh, he literally says, like, you know, all right, that's one. Now we got to work on Superman, and his plan for Superman is insane. It was certainly something I didn't see coming. I, uh, Ed had told me uh, when we were talking he didn't see it coming, um, but we see that he's got Bizarro chained, like. Down, chained up in that underground and he's been experimenting on him and trying to figure out what um manheim did to him and he realizes that he can die and he just keeps regenerating coming back and he comes back stronger and and at, as soon as i heard that i texted ed and i went wait a minute is is Bizarro gonna be doomsday <laughs>
0: Yeah, and he absolutely is. He has the fucking S, like, burned into his chest and everything, and that's how they morph him into that. And at the end of the episode, Lex shows up to fucking, like, the the Kent farm and pretty much is like, dude, you're, like, you need to fucking get – Lois should have taken my offer. You'd prepare to fucking die. And he unleashes Doomsday on him, and they fucking just – battle it out Oof, everywhere. It's... And then when he's like, he impales him, and he thinks he's won
1: and Doomsday's just like, gets right back up. Oh my God. That was so
0: terrifying. Yeah. Killing. They're That's fighting a- like on the fucking moon and shit. And essentially the, I mean, the battle goes on and the fucking season ends as they're about to go at each other one more time yep. and fade to black. And I was like, What?
1: Yep, that was that's an insane cliffhanger.
0: Wow, <clears throat> wow! I, I was, I, I was, and this Doomsday looks way better than the one in BVS. Oh yes, and makes a lot more sense. Yes, there's way more, you know, kinetic sense in there. Also, um, a couple of quick things too. So apparently, Lois is feeling she was feeling after her surgery that she was feeling a little bit more up for things. So then hey Fly back. She loves this villa, by the way. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Tal's Villa.
0: <laughs> Talls Villa is where Lois wants to... Bend the knee. <laughs> yeah, like, they... I mean, he just flies off there and they go, and then they're going to try to get, like, a family trip there? They're going to go
1: away? That's weird. Bringing your kids to your fuck shack is kind of weird, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, I found that to be a little bit odd, but I don't know if they were like... Maybe they looked around there afterwards and they were kind of like... Italy, thank you. <laughs> Your kids need to see Italy. I don't
1: know. So, question, uh, logistical question: When the Kents yeah. travel, mm-hmm. uh, like to Italy as a family, yeah. do you think they like Clark a- and uh, the one with the powers, not John um, Jordan? Jordan, thank you. Do you think they just fly the family there, or do you think the family takes a plane?
0: Well, so that comes up in the episode because Jordan's been benched or grounded, whatever you want to term you want to use for it. And he's not to use his powers, but then when uh, General Lane tells him like, listen, what you're doing is okay, but you can't let this like anger fester forever. Like let him be angry now, but you got to learn when to." He's given some parenting advice to Clark telling him, you got to curb this forever. I know you're, you're mad and you're going to try to kind of like inflict this on, on your son. But at some point you kind of got to, you know, he's had enough. And then they talk about their family vacation. And Clark says, well, that's, that's
1: right. That's right.
0: Save it in. That's a kind of safe, be more affordable. Maybe we should go in and safely fly your brother and Lois there. And he was like, Well, I could only use my powers from when it's convenient for family vacations, which is a fair point. <laughs> that is a fair point. <laughs> But I guess he was trying to like Clark is thinking. Let me ease him back into it. Yeah, yeah. So he learns. You know, this isn't just for fame and fortune and stuff. Like, you know, you got to do the right. You got to be in this for the right reasons. So yeah, that that answers that. Good point. Yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it is, and I'm just curious to see. I'm very curious to see how season four picks up. Number one, you got to pick up that cliffhanger that you left off, and. I'm just very curious to see how they weave in the supporting characters in and out because they're not—they haven't been like thrown, like totally thrown off the show. They're just not series regulars anymore, right? So they're going to be guest stars here and there. Which I mean,
1: I, I no, I don't I'll like see, it either. I'll but. see how it's handled. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm, I'm with you. I don't know how they're going to do that, and especially resolving like this. Yeah, I, I just I'm, I'm not that I'm worried because I think this the writers and the showrunners are, are really good with this. But uh, but I have concerns what the fourth season's gonna look like.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm just hoping that they have a plan and they're like, Yes, we can continue this show and this and you know the effects aren't gonna drop off to like the flash level and like the Arrowverse level because this show clearly had a lot more behind it and the special effects are way better and yes. everything just looks better. Yeah, so. absolutely.
1: That doomsday they look great. That like the CGI in this is like movie quality.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I, I dug it. So, farewell to Superman Lowe's, I guess, until early next year. I mean, I'm yeah. assuming they're not going to be back in the
1: fall, I don't think. The, the only the only one left standing of the CW, uh, you know, shows.
0: shows. Yeah. And I still just wish HBO Max would have picked it up, or whatever, me, Max.
1: Now. Me too.
0: All right. So, that brings us to Secret Invasion Episode 2. Let's drop the spoiler ticker across the bottom because this show did drop uh, two days ago. All right. You've been warned. If you did not watch uh, Secret Invasion episode two, come back and check us out another time because uh, we're going to openly talk spoilers and spoil the shit out of it. So. Um, I rewatched this right before we went on again. Nice. Dude, fucking dynamite episode.
1: It's a great episode.
0: It's dynamite a great episode. episode. Really? I mean, the and the thing is, it's like there's not that much action in this episode. There is so much in the dialogue and conversations that happen in yeah. this episode. Mm-hmm. It's, it's extraordinary.
1: Yeah, and character growth. We see a lot, like, we see a lot about Nick Fury. I mean, again, I really am doubling down. I really feel this is Nick Fury's swan song. I, I really feel he dies at the end of this because this is... This feels like a goodbye to his character. Like, in this episode, we're jumping back and forth from, you know, the 90s, right after uh, Captain Marvel, where he's made this agreement with the Skrulls. And today, where he's kind of dealing with the fact that he didn't keep up his end of the bargain. Like, and that's what this is about. Nick Fury dropped the ball on this. He made them a promise that he did not keep up. And now, it is the chickens have come home to roost, so to speak.
0: Yeah, and, and I actually like the fact that this episode kicks off with kind of like the highlight reel from Captain Marvel. Me too, uh, me too. Concerning the scrolls, because you do need to tie in the maybe uninitiated, maybe somebody who didn't really see Captain Marvel and is picking this up. And Disney Plus does a good job of after the, every episode of Secret Invasion so far, they will say, hey, since you watched Secret Invasion, here's a link to Captain Marvel so you can go watch more. Um but they, yeah, like you said, it picks up in 1997, which shows Nick Fury and the de aging technology that Marvel has. They need to share with the rest of Hollywood. Yes, because that, that looks it's like Nick flawless. Fury. Uh,
1: uh, that looks like Sam Jackson from the '90s, like like him in the Negotiator or
0: something like that.
1: You know, when he was really young.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's tremendous, and it and I'm not going to go off on a, a thing here, side thing, but. So I had seen Indiana Jones on the Dial of Destiny last night, and there the opening segment is really is great, but there's a de aging of Harrison Ford there, and the thing I don't think it looks terrible, but what kills it for me is that he doesn't he's he's Harrison Ford now, like his voice you can tell has changed, so it almost doesn't sync up, like right exactly. But well, I guess Sam Jackson maybe sounds exactly how he did back then. Whatever it is, it looks flawless. Whatever Marvel's doing, it, it looks flawless. So share that w- with everyone. Um and yeah, like you had mentioned, they they mentioned a scene that Gravik had saw, had mentioned in the in the opening episode was the the promise that Fury made. And as you know, I keep my side of the bargain, you keep yours. And we see that there it's a young Nick Fury and Talos is there and they're addressing a room full of scrolls. And you can see that then we get to know about Gravik that his parents died in the war previously, you know, when they were fighting for their home planet uh, with the Kree. And then here, you know, basically here they are and he took it to heart. He's a grieving young, young man, you know, young scroll, whatever, uh, who is taking this to heart. And that's why he's so angry now. Um many, you know, so many years later because it's like, dude, you you promised to do this. My family died, you know, for trying to save their home planet. And where the hell were you? And he even says him and Carol Danvers are going yes. to find you a home thing and we both we both know that none of that happened. I mean no. for various reasons. But No, yeah. And and, and
1: honestly part of it is they just didn't follow up because you can't blame this on the snap. The snap happened decades after this.
0: No, any Avengers weren't formed until much later on and stuff. But the, but another thing that I thought was really interesting in this scene was Fury. Also, besides making the promise, makes a deal with the scrolls. You help me protect my planet. Right. And they all take a, he suggests they take human forms kind of permanently and they all do. And they choose to do this. So, uh, Tylos mentions later on that they're spies and they're this. And they're all pretty much working for Fury, and he just, like you said, he never keeps up his end of the bargain, and it's fucked up. And we still don't know what the main, what the major reason is of why this was never followed up. No, we which don't. Which I'm like, assuming will be revealed at some
1: point. It's um, got to be right. There has to be some reason.
0: Yeah, it can't just be oh, I was busy with the Avengers and. And shield like I'm sorry, I just I didn't get around to it. Like right. that, that yeah. can't be it.
1: No. Um, so we, we also find out, like talking about the scrolls, that mm-hmm. um, all of the scrolls are on Earth. Like yeah, every... that's what I was gonna
0: yeah that's, I was, that's oh okay sorry I didn't mean to jump on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, well, I was gonna mention by before we get into the the next conversation in the train car because we do see that Fury. It picks up at the end of the last episode where Fury. Is there and Maria Hill is there and yes, yeah, she's dead. She's dead, dead, dead. It's done. Angie had suggested that my wife Angie had suggested maybe she was a squirrel. It'd be yeah. it would be tough to, to swallow that pill at, at this point if that's revealed later on. But I'll say she's dead, dead. Um, Talos and others and they, uh, they go ahead and they rescue Fury from there. That goes fast forward to a, a conversation in a train car in Russia. So there's these Russian uh, Russian uh, guards that are looking for Fury, and because he's basically wanted for murder, they basically say he set up this whole thing and that he was bombing Moscow, and you know for the U.S. government and starting like a whole pile of shit, as Rhodey says later on. Um, but there's a there's a comment that is made. Uh, would it would it, would they be easier? Would these Russians be easier to find a? Black African-American on the train in Russia versus an alien in the MCU? <laughs> yeah. In yeah. the MCU? In the MCU? Yeah. I'm just... I, uh, <laughs> it made me think of the people in the MCU. Post-staff, post-everything. You... Aliens exist. Yeah. It's, Crazy it's, shit happens now.
1: Look, aliens landed on your planet multiple times. Yes. In New York City, actually, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Did a bunch of destruction, an alien literally snapped his finger and obliterated half the universe, until other aliens came together and forced him to resnap everyone back. Come on now. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, I was that line. I mean, the line was funny, and I and I get it. I'm not like nitpicking here, but I was just I made me think for a second about the people and the mindset of, you know, everyone uh, everyone in the MCU at this point, and it just made me start wondering like what everyday life is like, what these people are thinking on a regular basis. So oh, it's going to be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would say, um, but then that train conversation that you mentioned. So uh, Fury and Talos have this conversation and Fury divulges him and his mother used to take the uh, train when they were, uh, when he was younger. Uh, and that was such a nice monologue. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Get into it. No, 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 Go. Ahead. It was just
1: such a nice monologue. Like yeah. he's talking about you know, taking the train, and he's hungry right? And uh, the smell of... What was it that he... I don't remember exactly what it is. You, you saw it just today. I saw it on Wednesday.
0: So. Well, yeah. He, well, he goes over stuff like, you know, again, like chicken and, and stuff like that that they made that they used to eat and they, because they, you know, at this at the time he's referring to, you know, they'd have to sit in, in a colored train car and everything and, you know, that uh, that era. And he was just saying that, you know, Hungary was fucking hot as hell. Like, these cars sucked and everything. And... He said that they would play a game. You know, it was like, you know, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> That's right. And it leads to knowing, knowing how we know Nick Fury at this point. You knew that this was going into an interrogation. And yeah, exactly. He tells Talos, "Well, let's let's go a couple rounds. Let's let's play. Tell me something I don't know about the scroll home planet. Tell me something I don't know, but this Fury knows something's going on here. Like, what the yeah. fuck is this?" And Talos essentially says. That a million scrolls survived, and all of them who aren't captured, essentially in this other colony, are here on Earth. And Fury's fucking head basically explodes.
1: Yes. Uh, and I, I love Talos because he's like, Well, what did you want me to do? My my people were being hunted and exterminated. What would you have done? Yeah. And we know what Fury would have done. Fury would have done the exact same fucking
0: thing. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and Fury kind of loses me in this part of it too, where I'm just like, "Dude, you fucked up." I mean, I don't yeah. want to hear about because he even it, says like, you know, the host, uh, you know, they get to set the terms. I'm like, eh. yeah, That's,
1: but you, the host. Here's the thing, though: the host gets to set the terms, but the host doesn't get to ignore the terms. The terms exactly. were, I, you help me, and I help you. Yep.
0: And that clearly didn't happen. Fury gets pretty pissed. And tells him to get off the train car.
1: Like, yeah, that's crazy. Or like,
0: Well, I think Fury also does make a, a, a decent thing. One second. He makes a decent point where he even says, like, Talos, human, you've been here long enough. Humans can't coexist with each other. We're fucking at war with each other all the time. There's no tolerance here for this. We can't accept another species in the mix and expect things to go smoothly. So I, Fury doesn't lose me there. But right. the whole grand concept of him not holding up his end of the bargain is where he is.
1: Yeah, and and he even knows it because when Talos says, what would you do? He he literally says, this isn't about me. Like, yeah. he deflects it. He won't answer it. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, Fury, Fury fucked up. And and that's the thing is, like, it's not right what the Scrolls are doing, but I get it.
0: Yeah. They were desperate. They want to survive. This is it. Um, but
1: no, no, I was going to say, and I, I want to uh, shout out that I, I like the change, right, from the MC and the MCU because in the comic, the scrolls are villains, right? The, the Kree are kind of the good guys, and the scrolls are the fucking warmongers. Um, I like that they changed it up here where, you no, know, they're still trying to take over the planet, like in Secret Invasion, the comic, but they're not doing it because they're villains. They're doing it because, as you said, they're desperate. And, and I like that change. It makes the scrolls more real
0: yeah um, and then we, we also get a scene where uh, Elizabeth Hill is you know getting her daughter's body back and stuff and this goes back to you know the US and we, that's where we get real confirmation that Maria Hill really is dead and she's asking for details on her daughter's death and Fu- and she's talking to fury and fury is like you know someone was trying to hurt me and you know she got it. She, you know, she jumped in there to save me and she just tells him like, Hey, that's, if you're the reason, then make sure my, my daughter's death isn't in vain that, you know, you need to go ahead and, and finish this thing and make sure that this, this matters.
1: Yep. And I think that's foreshadowing because I think the way it's going to come down to, he's going to have to sacrifice himself to finish this. And I think that's foreshadowing. And I, and I also think the death of, of um, Colby Smolder's character, uh, I think that's also an indication of of Nick Fury's demise at the end of this because they were like, like you never see her without him. They're like they go together. They're partners. Yeah. So, you know, one dies in the beat, the first episode. One dies in the last. Like again, I really think that there are a lot of signs pointing to this.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to agree with you on this. I, I'm I think you're right. I, I think this is this is what we're gonna say about Nick Fury. Yeah, and I, um,
1: I, I'm okay if, this, if they they do a good send off, and so far this has been good. I'm okay. We've had we've had a long time with Nick Fury with Sam Jackson in there, and uh, you know if Sam, if Sam is ready to retire, then the, the character, then I think I'm good with so it. Good.
0: Um, all right, so then Gravik, we get a scene here where Gravik claims that he could have killed Nick Fury at that scene at the end of the last episode, but he thinks he said he tells uh, Gia that. Hey, uh, Jaya. So, hey, that's what he wanted. I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna punish this man by giving him yep. what he wants. Because he sees Nick Fury as he's ready to go. Like he yep. has there's yep. nothing else to fight for. He's done. And I think that's what's been that's been the theme through these first two episodes. Is everyone is questioning Nick Fury in general. Like he everyone's harping on it. Like you're not who you used to be. You're not that guy anymore. And this, towards it, we'll get to it in a second, the middle, towards the end of this episode, you start getting inklings of, like, Nick maybe, have snapped, maybe snapped out of this. And is like, maybe I'm going to have to prove that I am that guy, you know, at least one last time before we think he's gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, that's what it is. This is him, one last mission, right?
0: Yeah. So, Graphic also meets with the Scroll Council here. And we learn a lot. And we learn a lot of information in this scene. That's what you get in this episode. There's a lot of information. So the head of NATO and other world leaders are scrolls. Yep. Like their, their hands are in fucking everything. It's, it's wild. Um, But then graphic is named the scroll general because they pretty much through this conversation, they find out that, Hey, we're in wartime. Essentially that, Graphics making claims that he's going to take the planet. He's going to take Earth, and he can. And this is going to be their home because Fury didn't find them a home. And that's kind of been his rationale, whether, you know, you think so or not. He also does a lot of degrading of humans in general. Like, he yes. says that he likes dogs better and that humans were destined to destroy themselves anyway. So, hey, if we eradicate them, no big deal. We're just fast-forwarding the inevitable.
1: Kind of yeah. chilling. No, no, very. Well, he's very much like a, you know, like a radicalized sort of almost terrorist cell in the scrolls, you know, mm-hmm. whereas the rest of them weren't like he, and you know, by the end of this, most of them are kind of forced to get behind him. But, um, you know, but you see them, they're, they're just like, no, they're just chilling. They're just, they're, they're living their lives as humans, but he really is like, no, 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 no. Uh, and he's, Again, he's like a radicalized terrorist. and it's it's interesting to see, but we see why, right? Because he he he's a survivor of the war. He lost his family. Like he's got that trauma. And I again, I think the show does a really good job about building up this villain and making him as chilling as it is understandable.
0: Yeah. no, his motivation's there. And that's what you need with you know what a good villain, a reasonable motivation that, that's going to go with it. So one person mentioned something here that says, "Well, what if the Avengers returned?" And he says, "Don't don't you think I've thought about that? Don't worry about it. I got this." And yeah. there's something else that happens later in this episode. I I, I personally think Super Scrolls getting created or is the writing on the wall.
1: Oh okay, I didn't I, I missed that one. What, what uh?
0: Okay, so number one, Gravik's confidence to take care of the Avengers. That's, okay. That, yeah. Number one, that's the first thing that tipped me off. Um, number two is the second thing is there's a character. One of the scrolls in here mentions that there are harvest stations that are all empty. That Gravity keeps giving them a list to, and there's a bunch of scientists that are working on something. And the character later on that gets interrogated by some by, by someone who is trying to find Gravity's location and his and his. Um, his hideout, essentially, which we see later. She, He also says he's building a machine to make us stronger. Oh, yeah,
1: you're right.
0: And later, Jaya goes ahead and she, that scene where she's looking on that really old computer from like, it was like a Commodore 64 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going through and it's a list of different things. And on that list, there is a group, there is Extremis, and um, I have a list here, and Frost Beast. That are there, and there's also a fourth yeah. thing that I didn't get a chance to write down. So I kind of think that that's this exper- experiments going on, and he's going to superpower at least a certain amount of scrolls that could potentially be powered up enough to fight the Avengers. Not saying we're going to see the Avengers in this, but to deal with with the Avengers. Interesting. Um, I know this he- is a lot to hit you with right off right off the bat, but.
1: Yeah, no, no, I didn't catch any of that. Um, but uh, it, that's very interesting. But so now, here's the thing, though: like, is it going to be Super scroll like we get in the comic, where he's got the powers of the Fantastic Four? No, no, a, no, no, no. Right. No, so they're just no. going to be super powered scrolls, right?
0: Yeah, that's kind of so. Yeah, let me re, let me be more specific. Um, I think super powered scrolls. Maybe okay. they have different powers of the Avengers instead of the Fantastic Four. Maybe something like that. I don't know. Because, like I said, there's apparently a group, extremists, things we've seen in the MCU before that can make people stronger or, you know, that are DNA of, of different kinds that they could infuse into a squirrel.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I, that makes sense to me. And I I, I, I would like to see I could it. be way
0: off on this. I, I could be. But that, that's really? where I'm throwing it at. This, this that is makes a sense. Yeah. This isn't Mephisto throwing shit no, at the no. wall.
1: No, no, no. This isn't Mephisto. This isn't Mojo. This, they're leaving breadcrumbs. So it could be yeah. that. It could not be. But we'll see.
0: Okay. So that covers that. And then the, the big thing here is, so Rody shows up to Moscow on behalf of the U.S. government to deal with these accusations of Nick Fury and Maria Hill being there to basically start World War III, essentially, in Moscow. And... There's, He's pretty much telling him, listen, you got to give me some real evidence because this whole Russian doctored shit, I'm not going for any of that. Could be, it could not be. And he ends up getting Maria Hill's body back to transport there. Uh, but he makes a joke that somebody from Slovakia is kind of giving him some shit. And he turns <laughs> around and he says, I just want to put on a suit and fucking carpet bomb this shit like, right now.
1: <laughs> yes, he does. Nick Fury says that to him later, too. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to get into. It's
0: funny how they had the same exact thought process on this shit. Because he mentions... So after that, Fury calls him on the phone, and they decide to meet up in this like restaurant that's cleared out. And it's kind of like a calm situation. But the conversation that's had in there is pretty deep. Because Fury pretty much goes in there to fire uh, Nick Fury.
1: Yeah. Pretty much. And Nick Fury which, says
0: they sent you to fire me? Yeah, and he's there's yeah, this a lot to unpack there. So there's a deep conversation where we find out that Fury kind of like helped Rhodes, you know, kind of help get up the ranks a little bit, which is cool. I mean, that's fine. Mm-hmm. They obviously know each other and stuff like that. Um, and But then Fury mentions, you know, that he goes that this is a difficult road for people you know, who, who look like them, who are African Americans, who... You know, to, to get to where that is. And he's like, we had a wrestle power from ordinary men who don't look like us. And we get an Al- Alexander Pierce name drop, who, for those who recall, he was the head of Hydra, who was in uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. at the time in uh, Captain America uh, with the Soldier. So I thought that was an awesome reference thrown into yep. there. But you get that. but And he's kind of saying, listen, you got to back me on this thing, man. Like you know, we, we got to be in this together. But Rhodey flips it around and says, and it's more the questioning of where Fury's at right now that I found really interesting that he's like, yes, you mentioned ordinary men, but I also have this power now to not just give it to an ordinary man, whether they look like me or not. And yeah, which I talking that about Fury, that was a burn also. Like yeah. he got Fury and he pretty much tells him that. And I thought that was cool. So it's not like, hey, I appreciate it. Because he even tells him, whether it's someone who I admire and I respect, and I yes. have all this stuff. So, Rody we we get a lot of the Rodi Nick Fury relationship, which we've never gotten before.
1: Yeah, no, it's all new, and, all. I, and it's all subtle, like because he's pretty much firing him and telling him, "I'm not going to go to bat for you." Yeah, but also saying, "I, it's not that I don't respect you. I just don't believe in what you're doing." Like, and I and and I thought that's again
0: nuanced. Yeah, and he tells, he also tells him like. Rody's like, you know, because they talk about the scrolls. We also find out Rody knew about the scrolls like 15 years ago, in like a yes. presentation. But it was—it sounded like it was maybe a hypothetical. And Fury's like, no, this is real. They're here. The invasion's happening, and it's scary because we don't know who the invader, what the invaders even look like. And Rody responds saying, maybe we should call our friends, meaning the Avengers. Right. And Fury's Fury. What did you think of Fury's reasoning to say? We can't risk that because they're gonna. Get, they could get copied and turned branded terrorists after that by the scrolls. I mean, that's. I mean, it's. An,
1: I think that's interesting because if the the Skrull, like the squirrels can take their memory, but they can't take their powers, right? Like, they could look like you. Like, let's say if yeah. Thor came down, they could look like Thor, but it doesn't mean they could fly and wield Mjolnir.
0: No, but I think Fury was just saying that. They can get copied and then do some crazy shit, and then the people, the public's not going to care. Oh, okay. And they're just going to say, "Oh, fuck them." That's it. The Avengers have turned. You could look at Dark Avengers then, or something like that, because that also followed up Secret Invasion in the comics. Not saying that that whole thing is going down, but
1: you know, I, yeah, no, no, exactly. Um,
0: yeah, no, I think it's interesting. No. And but, but Nick Fury, though, he drops the mic at the end of this for me when Rhodey tells him you're fired and stuff like that. And he's about to take him out of there because there's like travel plans. The security guard's going to be there. He goes in and breaks the guys on, basically. Nick Fury yeah. leans over the fucking roads and is like, I'm Nick Fury. Even when I'm out, I'm in. <laughs> That's awesome. Listen, Jason, if either one of us ever get fired, then we need to just tell him that. Like, listen. I don't-
1: 100. You know, percent I'm out, I'm in. I'm humanity. not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> oh man, that was that was pretty badass. It also made me think of um, what was it? Wolf of Wall Street, where DiCaprio has that scene where he's just like, "I ain't going anywhere. I ain't going fucking anywhere." <laughs> um, yeah, that's that, that's where my mind jumps around to learning these things. Uh so he had mentioned the Jaya stuff that was there, the computer that she. Had mentioned that's where we went to the possible super scroll stuff. Um, and that brings us to the end of the episode where Nick Fury gets this car after his I'm out and I'm really in, and he drives off. So he gets to a house, and we see oh, yeah, this is crazy a scroll. It appears to be a female scroll cutting some stuff on am cooking, but then when Fury gets in the house. And gets there. Human form. He goes at and she's like, well, you know. Did you forget something or whatever. He puts on his, his wedding band. And goes there and is like, is that better? And they kiss. So we find out Nick Fury is fucking married.
1: Yeah, which. Uh, that blew my mind. I didn't see that coming.
0: No, that blew my mind completely. Do you think he is knowingly married to a scroll, though? I think
1: so. Like, I, I think the misdirect is supposed to be, oh, they, they've got a spy on the inside, even with Fury. But I think the reveal is going to be, and, and maybe this is part of why he never got them their planet. Maybe this, uh, this is connected to why things went the way they did. But, yeah, I think he, he's married to a scroll and he knows it.
0: Interesting. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I- I'm not 100% Sure um I'm gonna err on the other side I'm right. actually gonna take this at face value and say that he doesn't know and that his wife is maybe she's passed or kidnapped or something like that maybe in one of those pods and stuff I'm gonna say he doesn't know All I'm right. not 100 sure on this but I'm oh, gonna no. t- I, yeah
1: I'm not either I'm just I'm throwing throwing darts
0: yeah that that was that was the big. You know, WTF moment in in the good way in this episode. So we've gotten to at the end of both of these episodes so far. Yeah, no, that's true. So definitely keeping us guessing here. Um, yeah. Um, I, third I of the really way like through, this. I'm fucking all in, man. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, episodes.
1: I'm really liking this. I'm surprised to see that the the ratings are so low for it. Like I was reading something on that today that they're saying it's like one of the lowest rated Disney shows. I don't know if it's because it's Captain Marvel adjacent, and so many people just didn't want to watch that. Um, I don't know, but this is—I'm really enjoying this. This is one of the more compelling of these shows that we've covered, and I—I I think it's great.
0: Yeah, I—I I mean, don't be dissuaded by the you know ratings report for the for the premiere. I mean, we'll see. I, I guess you can't be totally shocked though, because some people just want to see the Avengers, and that's it. Right. And, but for us, like this, you know, ground war, more ground level MCU, you know, spy thriller stuff is what we've said for a while. We're, we're all here for that. We, we want that change of pace.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, all right. So I, then that will take us to our movie of the week, which is also on Disney Plus, which was Stan Lee. It's a documentary uh, on Stan Lee that dropped two weeks ago. Um. I'll share my quick thoughts, and I'm curious to hear yours. We actually haven't spoken about this at all. Mm. Um, I love Stanley. I I got my Stanley T-shirt on here again. Um, But as far as the documentary goes, I didn't learn anything new here. Um, I think it's you know like like all history usually is told by the victors. So you get this is the Stanley perspective of things. I think it's pretty much a puff piece about Stanley, and to show to kids and stuff. Sure, that's that's cool. That's great. Maybe you know for the for a younger audience or something like that, um, or maybe even the I will say the uninitiated people who maybe only did not read the comics and don't really know the history of Marvel comics. Perhaps they can learn more about the random old guy that made cameos in their movies and TV shows and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, so I think that's cool from that perspective. But if you are in the and you've been reading comics for a long time and yada, yada, you don't learn anything new. And they gloss over some of the, the not-so-happy stuff that happened regarding Stan Lee. It's, it's very, very briefly brought uh, alluded to. It doesn't really dive into, but I also don't expect Disney or Marvel to really dive into that too much because of the perspective that's being told about. Um Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, I I agree with that. Like I, I I read that you know we were talking about like Jack Kirby's kids, we talking about how it didn't, you know, sort of do their father justice. And it's like, yeah, but did you really think a propaganda piece for Stan Lee was going to do your father justice. Like, and I, and I, I love Stan Lee, but I also am going to say that I think Stan Lee ripped Jack Kirby off like a hundred percent. Um, and, and, and as well as Steve, Ditko as well as other people like Stanley was kind of a user when it came to creative ideas and sharing credit, you know? Um, but I don't think that has a place in, in what this, this documentary is, uh, but I'm going to say I would love to see a documentary looking at at it through Jack Kirby's point of view and and examining that. I think that I, I think I would actually enjoy that more than I enjoyed this.
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Jack Kirby, uh, that part of it too. Well, he gets more credit than Steve Ditko. Steve Ditko almost gets like very dismissed in this. Yes.
1: Oh yeah. No no. They, that like, I, that
0: part kind of annoyed me though. Yeah. Um,
1: but I, I will give credit to the movie though because it did play like that. That recording is played where Stan Lee calls in to wish um, Jack Kirby a happy birthday, and then starts instigating shit with him. Kind of makes Stan Lee look like a dick, and I I appreciated that they kept it in the show. They kept it in, like showing like they didn't go into it, but they kind of did hint that well, not he wasn't perfect.
0: Yeah, it made me think of like, hey, if you they should have put a bubble in there. If you would like to know more about this part of history, you should go ahead and watch this or read right. this instead. Right, right, exactly. Like a side issue. Um, yeah, I'd expect them to go into that, and that's the thing. Because basically, for those who may or may not know, there's always been a controversy regarding the creation of the characters, where Stanley is credited as being a creator of basically everything that's Marvel Comics that we how we know of it, and he had co-creators in a lot of this. You know, with, with a lot of the characters, it's not just Stanley by himself. Listen, Stanley's the man one way or the other. That's fine. Maybe he had more influence or not. We don't know. That's the thing. A lot of people just don't know. With Jack Herbie and Steve Ditko, like Spider-Man is always by Stanley and Steve Ditko. But more of it has been like every Stanley just single-handedly just thought of these things right off the top of his head one day and that was it. And that's just not the case. And in the documentary, they do mention that they vaguely say that we just don't know what happened during those things. Like there's just a lot of mystery behind that. Right. And we're never going to know for sure.
1: No, because, and especially now when everyone involved who was there is dead, you know? And, and to be honest with you, like, I don't even think really they knew when they were alive, because at a certain point, the truth doesn't matter. It's the story you tell yourself. And you know, if Stan Lee kind of did rip, rip Jack Kirby off, well, I don't think Stan Lee saw it that way, and they kind of says he didn't. Um, and I'm sure in Stan Lee's mind, no, I created Spider-Man. Like, he wasn't lying and trying to steal credit. In his mind, he really did. But in Jack Kirby's mind, he had a, a big hand in it. And so, like, yeah, we'll never know the truth because at, at a certain point, they stopped knowing the truth, you
0: know? That, that, that's a good way to put it. <clears throat> well, and, and Stan does say during this. Stanley does mention, he says that he, from his perspective, that the people who do, the, the writer, is the one who creates the character. And I think, I think it's Jack Kirby that he quotes in as saying that, well, the person who draws it and puts it to paper and makes it an actual thing is the creator. So you can write all you want, but if there's no physical representation of Captain America and Spider-Man and the Hulk... And the Fantastic Four and everything else—like these characters don't actually exist. Maybe in comic book form they don't exist, but if he, if, let's say, if Stanley, we're just spitballing here. Let's say Stanley decided to take this to a novel. I'm gonna write a Spider-Man novel, and then my character's name is Spider-Man, and I'm gonna describe his suit and what he looks like. It is, they aren't gonna be comic books. Would Stanley then be the creator, though, rightfully?
1: Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, and and I think the thing is like, I I think they're both wrong. Like, because this is a comic book, right? Like if if he wrote it in a novel, then yeah, he would completely own it. It would be his, because it's his words describing it to you. And that's how a novel works. But when there is a, a Visual representation of it, like, and, and Stan Lee kind of shoots himself in the foot on this one in this documentary because he said, "Yeah, well, I, I had this idea where uh, I saw a fly walking up a wall, and I so I thought, well, what if what if someone who could climb up a wall like a spider, and I wanted him to be a nebbish teenager from Queens, so, so he has this idea. So yeah, that's all him, but then he gave it to Ditko, and Ditko, like, was drawing it drawing it too sort of buff, too big, and he was saying, no, no. That's not it. So if Jack Kirby didn't have a hand in creating it with his visual, then why, if it didn't if it doesn't matter who draws it, if it's just the writer, then why was Stan Lee saying, no no Ditko, that's not really what I'm looking for? It doesn't matter, right? You've cre- you've put your words down. And, and so I think in this it is a marriage. I don't think I think it's 50-50. I think Stan Lee created these characters 50-50 with whoever Drew them because when you think of Spider-Man, you don't think of Stan Lee's words; you think of Jack Kirby's visuals.
0: Well, Steve Ditko.
1: Uh, I'm sorry for right, Steve Ditko's visuals right? yeah. for Spider-Man. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, my bad. Um, but but like you know, that's the thing is like it's a, it's a marriage, and I think the thing is is like Stanley kind of took more credit than he should have, and I think again because Stanley really felt well, I put the words on paper; they're my creation. But I think that's unfair because. it it does matter. Like the, the, I mean, look at fandom, right? How much do we bitch when they get a color wrong in a, in a suit in in real life? Yeah. Right. Right. The visuals matter.
0: No, they do. And when I was a kid, I, I remember when they switched over Spider-Man to the black suit. I lost my mind. I thought it was the dumbest. I hated it. I despised it. As I got older, I learned to like the black suit also, but, um, yeah, they. Uh, so that you're right because that, that's because my thought at the time was Spider-Man wears a a blue and red costume. What are you talking about? Like that's not Spider-Man. So you're right. Um, yeah, there, there's they should. That's really what it is. It's fifty-fifty here, and that's how that's kind of how it should be. And I can understand why <clears throat> you know various artists and stuff took you know exception to what Stanley would you know, may have been given. He was also the editor and chief and and the publisher and everyone. He was in charge. So he was able to kind of morph it the way he wanted to morph it. Yeah. And
1: and also after a while, Marvel had a policy that any character you create here is the property of Marvel. So,
0: you know, that was the irony in the end to me.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, And that's kind of like, okay, so, you know, like, there are characters you didn't actually create.
0: <laughs> yeah, but well, that's why I guess, like you were saying, in the end, it, in some ways it almost doesn't matter because they all got screwed and yes. it all belongs to Marvel in the end. Yes, Even right, though, exactly. And in, in the documentary, they do fast forward to when Stan left Marvel and then was given, like, you know, kind of like an honorary credit and executive producer on the MCU films because at the end of this, it jumps to... Oh yeah, Stan was back when the MCU and look, he's doing all these cameos and, and his cool shit and and John Favreau and and Taika Waititi and everyone else was very they were they sh- it looks like they showed him a lot of love when the yeah. MCU movies are getting filmed and he was getting his kind of like due and stuff because he had a falling out with Marvel also when Stanley was away from them and for a while during the 90s and everything like that and then the, the, or 2000s and stuff. Stan was really not affiliated. Say at that time, and that's when we had you know other people writing and drawing and, and everything else. Because, yeah, he, he, he was out, he wasn't really in, like, you know, like, yeah,
1: right. <laughs> He's not like Nick
0: Fury now, <laughs> no, he's not like Nick Fury at all. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it, it's okay, like, it, I didn't yeah. find it also that. Edge of the seat, entertaining either the documentary, like just the way it was made and everything presented, um, but like maybe just because I was familiar with the whole story that they were telling, maybe that's why I wasn't like enthralled with it and, and everything. It's not terrible, but
1: yeah, it's it was interesting. I, I thought it was well done. It, but again, it's 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 a propaganda piece, you know, fluffing up uh, Stanley, and it's got some good. It's got some interesting information. If you you know anyone who isn't familiar with Stan Lee wants to learn more, I think it's a good place to start.
0: Yeah, but I do hope that one day somebody and maybe an independent decides to go ahead and, and tell the story. And then there was, there was a, there was one that I thought came out years ago that was telling the story of comics in general. That maybe they would give like more. I didn't actually get a chance to watch it. I don't recall watching it. Maybe I'll go ahead and, and try to find it one day. That told the history of comics, and maybe they would give more of an honest – I think it was on yeah. uh, PBS or something. I did, okay. Actually, I did see a lot of it. I, don't, I just don't recall if they actually gave it the down-the-middle fair you know, 50-50 take on it. So I'll have to go back and maybe revisit that. Just out of curiosity.
1: Yeah. No, you know? let me know. Let me know.
0: Yeah. And it looks like DC actually has something coming out next month on Max. That's the, oh, okay. the story of, of DC. All right.
1: Interesting. So we can cover that next week. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that next as well.
0: Yeah. <sighs> All right. So then that kind of wraps it up for us this week. Thanks for joining us on this uh, Friday holiday afternoon. Uh, if you're joining us on the Facebook live stream, be sure to check out Granny's Peach Tea uh, Facebook group. Join the Facebook group and join in on the bunch of stories and trailers and stuff that don't make the show every week. It's a lot of fun. Uh, check out Pop Culture Pros and PopCulturePros.com. That's what we are presented by. Uh, if you're checking us out on uh, YouTube, subscribe to Pop Culture Pros and Twitter. Give Pop Culture Pros a follow there. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, a bit of a smaller episode we'll have, but it should be a lot of fun. We'll be talking about Transformers, the original <coughs> Michael Bay movie. Oh, Jason's getting sick. That's it. He's oh. out next week.
1: And I think I, I, think I might be coming down with the COVID.
0: Yes, I think for five, the next five <laughs> weeks he's out.
1: Oh God! All right, all right. Yeah, okay. we're gonna
0: go do. We're gonna start our revisit of the Michael Bay era of Transformers movies because we didn't get a chance to before Rise of the Beast came out. So we're gonna be doing that, uh, and we will have Secret Invasion episode three. So it's a lot of cool stuff to talk about. And Harley Quinn, we should have in a couple of weeks, actually. Ooh,
1: you know I'm excited uh, for Harley Quinn to come back. You know I love me some Harley Quinn.
0: No, of course, me too. That's shows completely fucking bonkers. So.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's crazy and wonderful. And and it's funny, because I'm such a Batman purist, and this completely fucks with the canon. I'm like, I love it. It's great. It Keep doing fun. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You can have some fun. Why not? Um, exactly. So, so enjoy your holiday weekend. Happy Fourth of July. Everyone, celebrate our, you know, some barbecue, some pool, whatever you're going to do, whatever you got planned. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Peace. You're tearing me apart, Eddie.